Good morning, everyone. Welcome back. It's been some time. We've got a brand new name, brand new show, same amazing host, and that's me, Jason Ackerman. The name of the new show, Squat Therapy with Jason Ackerman. And you may be asking yourself, why the name Squat Therapy? And I thought long and hard about this. It, it wasn't something that I took lightly. You know, I was going to go with the Jason Ackerman Show, the Jason Ackerman Podcast. Kind of cheesy, right? That's what everybody does these days. And I thought, you know, what can I do? What will sum up what I want to do with this podcast? And Squat Therapy hit me the other night. I was lying in bed thinking about it. And I said, it's Squat Therapy, right? Kind of everything that's important in CrossFit. And I've been really focusing on squat therapy myself and thinking about improving the mechanics of not just myself, but athletes that I come into contact with. And I've found day in and day out and from athlete to athlete, one of the best ways to go about improving an athlete is squat therapy, right? It's diagnostic. It's corrective. It makes you a better person. You want to be fitter. You want to be stronger. You want more gains, right? Everybody wants hashtag gains these days. You want to be a better lover. Squat therapy is the way to go, and I'll have more about that later on today. Um, I wanted to keep today's podcast just brief and talk about my goals with it before diving into my first real episode next week. Um, the goal of this podcast, I'm going to be out there. I'm going to talk about some CrossFit topics. I'm going to hope to get some emails and questions, and I'm going to have some great interviews. You know, for, for most of you guys know, I've been involved in CrossFit since about 2007 when I first opened Albany CrossFit. Been the regional director of the Northeast since the regional started back in 2009. I'm on the level one seminar staff, the gymnastics staff, so have a great arsenal of friends and athletes that I've met over the years, and I'm going to be bringing them to you, as, as well as some other local celebrities and other people that I think would make great guests on this podcast, whether it's discussing you know, the benefits of chiropractic care and CrossFit or you know, being a mom of three in CrossFit and how you can make that work. So that's my goal with my interviews, and again, I want to talk about all sorts of topics ranging from the games to competitions, to a CrossFit Hall of Fame. Lots of lots of different things will be getting discussed. And first thing I wanted to discuss today is just in general, we were, you know, was already talking about the name of the podcast and squat therapy. And I've been doing a lot of thinking about this. And it really hit me this past weekend. I was at a competition in Florida. My good friend, Matt Franco, runs a competition. It's called Clash of the Fittest. I've been lucky enough to be involved every year that it's been going on. This was its sixth incarnation. You know, he's had a summer one and a winter one, and it's fantastically run, uh, amazing events, uh, amazing athletes, judges, volunteers. He really does a phenomenal job. That's Matt Franco. He's down at Cast Iron CrossFit. He was actually the first coach that ever walked into my box. You know, back in the day, it was about 2007. He just came in, this bodybuilder-looking meathead, and... What do you do when someone first walks in and they think they're, you know, kind of, uh, they're, they're poo don't stink, if you know what I mean. Uh, we're going to try to keep this family friendly, by the way. And 
and I said, hey, you know, why don't you do Fran? And he says, what's that? Explain to him what Fran is. He crushed it. It was like a three-minute workout for him, maybe even less. The dude laid on the floor in our hallway for a good four hours. And I'm not exaggerating. He was on the floor in the hallway for about four hours. People were stepping over him. Uh, this was not – we weren't expanded like we are today, so – you know, we're, he's just basically lying in the middle of the court club with racquetball players stepping over him. Or, no one knew who he was. just like, who is this guy? Just laid there. And from that day on, he just wouldn't leave. He came back every day. He had a real job. And then he would, you know, oftentimes leave his real job early, if going at all, start coaching. I don't think either of us back in the day were, were ready for one another in a way that, you know, we probably let ego get in the way a little too much here and there, but now he's, you know, one of my closest friends, one of my longest friends, Matt Franco, and I'm really proud of him. He, he's got a great job at his box down in Florida. He wound up moving to Florida in about 2009, right after we hosted the regionals, in which he came in sixth. So he was one place out of making the games back then, because it was top five. He blames me for it, because I programmed a 2K row that year, and, uh, so he blames me for missing out on a shot of going to the games. But since then, he's qualified for regionals out of the Southeast. And he's, you know, at, at the same age as me, at about 36 years old, he's still one hell of an athlete. So big shout out to him. But anyway, I was at his competition this weekend. And certainly no knock on the competitors or clash of the fittest or the athletes of the Southeast. Because I'm seeing this across the board. And I think a lot of, a lot of people are. And it's just... Everybody wants that intensity. Everybody wants to compete. But what we're not doing is developing the mechanics and the CrossFit charter that you'll hear about at the level one mechanics, consistency, intensity, right? So we want to develop the sound mechanics in order to perform these movements safely, effectively, efficiently. We want to be able to do that rep and rep again. There's our consistency. And then, and only then, do we ratchet up the intensity. Now, I'm not telling you guys. You shouldn't be competing, right? And I'm not saying, you know, there shouldn't be scaled competitions or whatever. But what I saw isn't necessarily, you know, that it wasn't safe, like someone's going to get hurt. It's just not just the scale division either. You can see the mechanics aren't there, right? So, and, and the reason I'm talking about this, and again, I don't want anyone to misconstrue this and think Jason is saying, hey, don't compete and competitions are done. Absolutely not. There's a time and a place to compete, and I think everyone at some point in their CrossFit journey should give it a shot, uh, you know, and, and ideally before you think you're ready because it will do nothing but benefit you, and you'll, you'll learn a lot about yourself. But my point is I'm seeing people out there that clearly haven't worked on the mechanics and the consistency. You know, there was a, a one rep max clean and jerk, and I'm seeing people that can't jerk they're literally push-pressing the weight. We're not re-dipping and getting under the bar, or they're clean. They're literally chasing the bar a foot in front of them. My point being, I believe it's because these athletes, you know, I think one of the best and worst things that happened to CrossFit is the CrossFit Games. It's, it's amazing. What these athletes do is incredible. But at the same time, it's one of these rare sports where your everyday CrossFitter thinks they can be a games athlete. And I think that's changing now, but I, can, I can't I can even count on two hands anymore 
the number of people that have walked into my box saying, hey, I saw the games on TV. I want to be there. I want to compete. And it's like, that'd be like turning on your TV, flipping to, you know, the Lakers or Celtics. I don't know. Maybe I'm outdating myself. I don't really watch basketball. But saying, hey, I want to go play that sport. I'm going to make the NBA. Or turning on the New York Mets and being like, yeah, I'll be a pitcher. These guys are professional athletes. It's what they do. You know, most of these guys do it full time now. Don't even have a job in addition to that is their job. That's how they make their living. So people see that and want to do it and, and don't realize how much time and effort and work they put into it, you know? And, and one thing that I've said over and over and over again, the best athletes, you take a look at Rich Froning and the dude is a freak of nature. No doubt about it. Right. Amazingly strong and gifted athlete. But one thing everybody says about him his mechanics are impeccable, right? Rep one, rep 300, they look exactly the same. I saw pictures of, uh, you know, the open wow 14.5, the thruster burpee. And man, that first thruster looked just like that last thruster, you know, 10 minutes later. And, you know, what comes first, his ability, that work capacity or his, or his mechanics. And I would argue that his mechanics came first. You know, most of these athletes come from some sort of, collegiate athletic career so they, they've done these lifts longer than most of us you know they're not learning these lifts in their 20s or 30s they've been doing it since they were teenagers so you know like I said the CrossFit Games <clears throat> amazing to see what's going on but on the flip side you see too many people thinking hey I want to go at that level and they haven't really refined the mechanics of the movement and and that's where the whole idea of this squat therapy piece came in for my top for my name of the program. Obviously, squat therapy is relative to the squat, but I believe, and, and CrossFit believes, the squat is the foundational movement, not just of CrossFit, but of life. And if you can improve that squat, you know, you're going to improve just about, you know, every lift, every movement we're doing in CrossFit. Obviously, all of your squats, the air squat, the front squat, the back squat, now you take it to the overhead squat, the squat clean, the snatch, etc. So I'd love to see more athletes take a step back, obviously do squat therapy. And here's how I prescribe it, everybody. Personally, I try to do it every day. I'm not going to lie to you and say it's every day, no matter what. Uh, I'm, I'm doing my squat therapy, but when I'm in the box, when I'm in my garage working out, I do some form of squat therapy. And to me, some form of squat therapy, obviously against the wall, you know, trying to keep your torso as upright as possible, turning that posterior chain on, driving those knees open, etc. But other things I might do is, you know, really just sink into the bottom of my squat. I've been trying to do that squat hold for five minutes, but improving the form, the mechanics, the consistency of my squat is where it's at. And I'd love to see more athletes doing that. And I don't just mean it via squat therapy, although I think that's where you can start. The big trend I'm seeing these days is I need more, I need more, I need more, right? Whether it's the Hatch program, it's Wendler, it's, you know, what programming should I do? Should I do the games competitors from Ben Bergeron? Should I do Outlaw from Rudy? Should I do, you know, Invictus from CJ Martin? Hey, they're all great programming, but you need to do the programming that's best suited for you. And I see far too many people bite off more than they can chew. And you don't need hatch. You need better technique. You don't need Wendler. 
You need better mechanics in your squat. And, and long-term, you will be paid off in dividends uh, tremendously down the road by improving that mechanics. Because all you're doing, you're going to have a stronger bad squat, right? So you're never maximizing your body's potential. You're never truly getting into a mature, vir virtuous squat. You're just getting stronger in with bad movement. But if you can improve your squat, you're going to not only get stronger with sound mechanics, it's just going to yield, you know, far greater returns down the road. And, you know, I was lucky enough to take my level one back when Coach Glassman was still doing it, and I've, I've met him a handful of times since then. And whether it's through talking to him, whether it's through his lectures, articles I've read, videos, it's also in the CrossFit training guide. But uh, something that is, is quoted by him is, what will inevitably doom a physical training program and dilute a coach's efficacy is a lack of commitment to the fundamentals, right? And, and it's far too often that I'm seeing this lack of commitment to the fundamentals, right? It, it truly doesn't get any more fundamental than the squat and committing oneself to squat therapy. So again, my way of prescribing squat therapy is very simple. Give me three sets of five. Three sets of five, whether it's, you know, when you first get to the box, whether it's at the end of your day, you know, whether it's three sets throughout the day, three sets of five. Simple, right? Set yourself up for success. The reason I like five, I've learned over the years, you tell someone to do 10, you tell someone to do 15, you're going to get five quality reps, and then you're going to get 10 more, you know, less than stellar reps. They're tired, they're, you know, this generation, they have ADHD, they're checking their texts, their social media. Five reps, that's it. Give me five hard reps, three times. So I encourage any of you listening to this podcast, start now, start today. You know, get up at your desk, you know, make your wife do it with you, have your coworkers go along with you. You're going to benefit them, right? The squat is not just a foundational movement of CrossFit, but of life. All of these people poop, right? We all poop, people. How are you getting up from the toilet, right? You, these are the people that are going to need a hand next Thanksgiving getting up from their table if they don't learn how to squat. And, you know, I'm sure you've all been a part of this. You know, every every year you go to Thanksgiving, you go somewhere, poor old Uncle Ernie, you know, needs a hand one year, two years later, you know, he, he's living in an assisted living home, right? We don't wind up in assisted living homes because we're sick. We wind up there because we can no longer perform life's basic functions and it doesn't get any more basic than the squat so encourage you you know whether it's the first thing you do at the gym hit squat therapy and um, I think you will be tremendously surprised and happy with what it does for you over the long haul and that I'd like to see a movement you know the squat therapy movement I'd love to see more people at my box at Albany CrossFit or when I go to visit a box teaching an L1, performing squat therapy than performing more, right? Train smarter, not harder. And I can speak from experience. I'm 36 years old now. There's not a day I wake up and my body's not a bit sore. Something's bothering me. You know, I train CrossFit consistently. I try to get in some wrestling two or three times a week. I try to supplement all that with yoga and I know when I'm doing too much, my body falls apart. And I think people are looking at CrossFit as very short term. You know, they want to do well for this or that. And, and, and the hard truth of it is most of us, 
are never going to make the CrossFit Games, maybe not even make regionals, right? It's just the competition's getting stiff. These athletes are incredible. CrossFit's really for life, right? CrossFit's really to improve your life, to make you capable of doing <clears throat> these movements for good, right? To allow you to live a safer, healthier, more productive life. And, and if we can take a step back from that and, and put our egos aside and, and, and work on these <clears throat> work on these basics, I think we'll, we'll be happier. You know, and I know I'm rambling, sorry people, but it's really important to me. And it, last thing I'll say about it is it's, you know, it's virtuosity. And virtuosity defined as doing the common uncommonly well. And if we can do the air squat, which is pretty common, right? It's something we see all day, every day, uncommonly well, you're going to see some big, some big changes. So I'll leave it at that. We'll talk more about it. And so I posted that I was bringing the podcast back and I was excited to see people's response to that, whether, you know, we, we take these likes so seriously on Facebook, whether it was likes, whether it was comments, I, and I got some great questions via private message and email about topics to talk about. And the first one, obviously, not obviously, but the first one that I got, and I think it's a great time to do it because CrossFit Games is just a few weeks away, right? So predictions on the game. Somebody said, who do you think is going to win the games this year? And I've been following along like everyone else, you know, from the Open to the Regionals. Uh, like I said, I'm the Northeast Director here, and... It was just incredible to watch these athletes. You know, the Northeast was stiff, stiff competition, about as tough as it's ever been. My good friend Austin Maliolo, who was three-time returning champion, you know, came in fifth, you know, tied for fourth, I guess, with Spencer Hendel. And it's like, if that's not a sign of how tough this competition was, one of the best athletes I've ever met, you know, didn't qualify. It's just, it's just incredible. So... And and then what I was at the Mid Atlantic also emceeing and the women there, man, that was you had you know four or five athletes, women athletes that had been to the game in that region. So that, and that, and that's what you're seeing at every regional. You know, every region has a handful of athletes that have been to the games. We saw the returning champ not return. You know, the fifth place Garrett Fisher didn't return. Like tons of amazing athletes, and it's people were complaining. It's a reflection of the programming. No, it's a reflection of how amazing these athletes have become. You know, you 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 can't have a weakness. It'll be it'll be magnified. It'll be punished by your score. And the best athletes are those that just perform exceptional across all seven events. So certainly the stiffest competition ever. And I think that's only going to get harder with every year that comes. You know, I don't know. If, if anything will change, if they'll qualify more athletes, if they'll make any changes, it, it could very much stay, stay the same. Hey, if it's not broken, don't fix it, right? We're sending the best athletes to the games, and off, not oftentimes, every time, the best athletes will come on top. So my prediction for the games on the female side, and, uh, you know, it's, it's tough. You know, we obviously don't know what the workouts are, but I've seen a few of these athletes train, and my prediction in third place Someone I've known for years, she actually did her first competition at my box at Albany CrossFit out of the Mid-Atlantic. It's Christy Atkins. 
formerly Christy Phillips. I saw her at the Mid-Atlantic, and this girl was just the definition of consistency. Not really doing incredible in any one event, and not really doing incredible is meaning not winning, but just steady throughout all seven events, not really getting in her head when she wasn't in the top five or six, and I'd love to see her on the podium because she's been there. I think she was the first athlete, this might not be, she might be the first female athlete to have qualified for all six games that you needed to actually qualify for, meaning you can just sign up and show up in Aromas. So Christy Atkins, second, Julie Fouché. This girl is incredible, you know, becoming a doctor. She's on seminar staff as well. She's just amazing. I've seen her work out a little bit, and I think it's her time to come in second. She's already been in second again. With a year off, I think she's going to have a fire lit under her butt, and I think we're going to see her do well. In first place, here's my here's my pick, Camille LeBlanc-Bazinet. And here's why. I think we're going to see a little more gymnastics, right? Camille obviously excels at these gymnastic movements. And I saw her sub-three-minute episode with Dave Castro. I think, you know, in jest, hey, you've never been in, on the podium. I think this is the year. I, I worked a seminar with her a few weeks ago. She's an absolute beast. We did a workout with the same weight, and you know, I I'm, I don't have a big enough ego that I can't say, hey, she didn't beat me, so she did, and she's just incredible. And I think she's really devoted herself. She's still in school, but she's training full time. And I think this is the year we're going to see Camille on top. As far as the men goes, it man, these men are also just as crazy, right? They're just so strong, so gifted, hard to pick. It's, you know, much like the women, it's anybody's ball game, but I think here's who I think we're going to see. I think in third place, we're going to see Jason Kalipa. He's just consistent throughout winning the NorCal Regional, a beast of a human being. Not just, you know, you look at him and be like, yeah, he's probably pretty strong, but he'll fly through a handstand walk. He's got, you know, probably 60, 70 pull-ups, so... I think he's going to be back on that podium, you know, one spot lower than he was last year from second to third. Second place, this may shock some people and it may not, and I may be a little biased, but out of the Northeast, I think we're going to see Matt Frazier. This kid was amazing in the Northeast. For those of you that either were there or saw him, you know, the term Froning-esque was thrown around. I hadn't really noticed him over the last few years. Most of the times at regionals, you know, I'm just running around like a lunatic. I don't get to watch the competition much. And the few times I got to this year, the kid was just incredible. I saw one workout. First of all, the snatch. He literally hung out at the bottom of the snatch for five seconds. And that doesn't seem like much five seconds. He had 275 pounds overhead, making sure the judge told him he was low enough. In another workout, I, I spoke to him right before the 50s, and I said, hey, you know, you're going in it to win it? And he said, no, this workout, I'm just going to go slow and steady, just want to keep myself in the race. And I think he came in, like, third. On a workout, he had torn his pec on in practice on the ring dip. So this kid, don't be surprised to see him on the podium first year at the Games. He, you know, former Olympic hopeful, strong as as, as anything and I think he's just got the tank I think if this truly is Froning's last year this is somebody to look out for in the future 
And of course, I'm thinking the four Pete, right? Rich Froning. It'd be silly to go against him. He, you know, with bronchitis, he wins his region pretty handily. And I think knowing that he said he's going to retire after this year, whether that's true or not, he's going to look to put on a show, cement his legacy in CrossFit, which, you know, is already cemented. But should he win again, four out of eight years, he would have won 50% of the CrossFit games out there. And I, I think he's going to do one more time. So those are my top three men and women, you know, there's no right or wrong answer, just my top three, just my opinion. Feel free to chime in to send me yours to let me know what you think about those. And then the other question I was going to answer today is I got, what do you think the workouts we're going to see are this year? And, you know, it'd be silly to try to dive into the mind of Dave Castro who comes up with the best workouts and seems to really always somehow have a pulse on what athletes need or or should be doing in CrossFit, but a couple of things I kind of jotted down when I saw that question is I think we're going to see strict pull-ups, and people say, well, how are you going to do strict pull-ups? I think they're going to shorten the bar on the rig and put something to block you, so in other words, if you tried to kip, you're going to smash your face. You know, just my thought, I think we're going to see strict pull-ups, so basically, you know, you're not going to have the ability to kip because there's going to be limited range of motion there. I think we'll see strict pull-ups. This might be a little too ambitious, but I think we're going to see a marathon, full running marathon. I know from back in the day, the common statement was, hey, you don't need to run to do a marathon, you need to do CrossFit. Well, I think this is the year we prove it. They did a half marathon on the row. I think we're going to see a 26.2-mile marathon programmed at the 2014 CrossFit Games. And I was kind of, you know, we were always going to see a standard girl, in my opinion. You know, we've seen... What do we see? We've seen Jackie at the regional levels. We've seen Amanda. We've seen last year, you know, Naughty Nancy. The year before, we saw the three girls in the finals. So I was kind of trying to go through my head of what we see, what what standard workout we'll see. And I came up with three. But I, I you know, it's it's hard to say because you know you have to remember these have to be a show these days. You have to be able to translate it so the audience can see where people are. So I came up with Annie, very basic, double unders and ab mat sit-ups. We've never seen that in competition. I think it'd be cool to see a world record go down, you know, see if somebody can do Annie in three minutes these days. Crazy Kelly. This is a workout that often gets overlooked. Five rounds for time, 400-meter um, run, 30 box jumps, 30 wall balls. I think we can see that with maybe a heavier wall ball or a longer run or including that hill that we saw. I can see that as being one of the stadium workouts this year. And then, and lastly, I thought this would be a cool workout to program, but just Murph, right? One mile run, and then you could program it as, hey, athletes break up the 100, 200, 300, 300 as needed, kind of have a little bit of a game plan going in there. And I think if you did that, you'd see an absolute sprint to the finish on the final one-mile run. So those were just my thoughts about potential workouts and movements. But I, I, I do think this is a year we'll see a little more gymnastics, just like the regionals had. I think, obviously, whether it's a, a one-rep max or throwing a deadlift into the workout, I think we're going to see some weights that we've never seen thrown around in competition like we do every year. Basically, every year the competition gets bigger and better, whether it's 
now we have, you know, handstand walks or we have a 405 deadlift or, you know, pistols with a kettlebell, something that athletes are not expecting that they haven't done before to really showcase how CrossFit just makes everyone improve. And that's really all I'm going to talk about today. My goal was to keep this, you know, about 30 minutes, and I think I've been successful, which is rare for me to not be too long-winded, but I want to explain to you guys my, my objective for this podcast. I hope to get one out a week, you know, most of the time, like I said, creating a cool interview with someone that you, you'd like to hear from, and in addition to that, just talking about CrossFit, I'll have a, an avenue to get you guys questions out here or you know, send me some topics to discuss, but that's my goal. I'd love to see you all hit squat therapy. You know, we want to keep this podcast free, right? But let's have that payment of squat therapy. If you're going to listen to this podcast, no, I'm just kidding. We'd love to listen to it, you know, share it with your friends, put it on social media, but, but let's not forget the main goal, and that's to improve everyone's basics, to get back to where we started with CrossFit mechanics, consistency, intensity. Hit that squat therapy. You know, enjoy your week, live life, and we will see you next week on Squat Therapy with Jason Ackerman. Have a good day.